Good morning, Friday. It's good to see you again. This is George Watkins, and I am happy in Christ because he has filled us with his joy. Amen. Well, <clears throat> there's trouble, and there's problems, and there's hard days, and hills to climb, and mountains to scale, <laughs> all that this wonderful terminology. But in it all, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loved us. Now, here's the key. Here's the key is keeping our face <clears throat> in the face of Christ. Now, what does that mean? That sounds uh, quite descriptive when you think about it. Face to face with Christ my Savior, one of the old hymns of the church. What does that mean? It means focus. When you're dealing or talking to someone who doesn't look at you when they're talking to you. It's kind of strange and you wonder why. Sometimes we think when we turn away, we're thinking, then we turn back. I understand that. But when someone doesn't focus their eyes on you, you think you have, a, have an idea at least that they're not interested in you. I met a senator years ago as a young guy from our state, the state of Oregon, where I live. And I was so amazed as powerful and wonderful as he was, my dad and I stood and talked to him and he focused his attention on just us with all the other people around that he could be, you know, talking to. I was impressed with him because he had a face-to-face -face conversation. That's what we mean by keeping your attention on Christ. Now, if you do that, that's where your joy comes from. Because with your face, with your focus, with your attention on the things of the Lord, the scriptures that describe and give promise and, and give revelation, when that happens, then the distractions that are out here and all the clown show, as we call it, will not take you off course. The joy of the Lord comes from face-to-face -face relationship. All right. Well, that's just my Friday warm-up today. <laughs> I love Fridays. You know that. I don't understand why. I just do. And I love you. Thank you for your comments and your good your good sharing with this you know you're sharing with your friends really a big help and also thank you for your prayers and all the support that you give this channel well we're going to go back into the first book of john and i want to talk about the double standard did christ really come in the flesh and we'll pick up a few verses i'm going to give you some uh some um uh understanding out of the Passion Bible. They have some notes that are really uh, intriguing and important, I believe, so we'll share them today. There's a, uh, a phrase that we use in ministering to people that have uh, bondages. <clears throat> or if you meet someone, you're not sure what they are, and you, <laughs> you ask them the question, can you confess that Jesus Christ came in the flesh? We use that like a, in one of our tool bags, I guess, for deliverance, praying for deliverance for people, identifying spirits. And it's a, it's a 
you know, it's justifiable and it's, it works. It's important. But we have a tendency as modern day Christians to believe that the Bible was written just for our time. That's what's so confusing about the, uh, the whole teaching that we call it eschatology. It means the teaching of the last days. Grab a lot of the scriptures that was really written for that time and try to lay it over and bring it over into our time and make sense out of it. That's why there's 1,400 different interpretations of the book of Revelation, because they keep trying that. Well, that's another story. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Today, I want to talk about this thought of Christ coming in the flesh. Now, let's go to the fourth chapter of 1 John. I'm going to read a few phrases here. But this is John the Revelator, who is the same John that was on leaned on the breast of Jesus at the Last Supper because he loved him. And John could not be killed, so they sent him to the Isle of Patmos, and there's where he wrote the revelation of Jesus Christ. I like this articulate that when I when I do because you need to hear it's the revelation of Jesus Christ not the revelation of the antichrist or the you know the beast it's the revelation of Jesus Christ all right we we're not going there today verse uh, chapter 4 in the passion bible reads uh, in the in the second uh, in the second verse Here's the test for those with the genuine spirit of God. They will confess Jesus as the Christ who has come in the flesh. Now, this is 50 years after the ascension, after Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to the Father. 50 years later, John the Revelator is the last apostle to put the pen to paper and write about the things of God in the, in the canonized scriptures. This is first, second, and third John. Same John that went to the Isle of Patmos. Now here he is 50 years later. The church is 50% divided in their belief that Christ came in the flesh. Some crafty and, and uh, evil teachers came in and began to convince them that he was just a prophet talking about God. Healing the sick, but yeah, that's okay. But he wasn't really the Christ. So here John is not just giving us ammunition for a deliverance service where we can quote that phrase, but he's dealing with the, this infant church, only 50 years old, that is just about ready to be wiped out by a false doctrine. And this is what the first, first John's all about. When it talks about identifying those false teachers and false prophets and false, uh, you know, spirit of Antichrist. Uh, just to bring your attention that the spirit of Antichrist was there then. We're not looking for something new to come, but the spirit of Antichrist is always warred and fought against the true church. All right. Now, verse three, everyone who does not acknowledge that Jesus is born uh, Jesus is from God, has the spirit of Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is already active in the world. All right. You and I, if we're in a Bible-believing and teaching church, this is not an issue with us. We have 
we have pretty well in the in the uh, in the broad church you know all the different sections of it pretty well teach and understand that Christ came in Jesus the, the word the word was God with God and was God came in the flesh who we call Jesus the man Jesus Christ was the rep was was God in flesh okay move over for a moment to the sixth verse in this same uh, translation the, the Passion Bible but we belong to God and whoever truly knows God listens to us those who refuse to refuse to listen to us do not belong to God. Can you imagine the bold nerve of this apostle? <laughs> Whoa, if you don't listen to me, you're not of God. Now, I'm not going that far because I'm just a voice in the night. And yeah, for some of you, I'm a passing face as you click through. But this apostle said that, and it's put in the scriptures. And he said, if you don't believe me, now what's, why? Because he had a history and a track record of telling the church that Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. Christ had came in the flesh. Why? Because the whole essence of the, of the uh, family we belong to called the Christian family, called the family of God. We are sons and daughters of God. Everything is hinged on this truth that God came in Christ and went to the cross for us and became the covenant sacrifice that makes this covenant irreversible. It will never be broken. It can never change because it was God sacrificing himself in place of us. That's a solid, unbeatable covenant. Now, if you can break that by teaching false doctrine and try to convince people that that wasn't really God, then the whole covenant has been broken in the, in the mind of the man and the woman who hears that, and even in their ability to, to know God, because we cannot come to God unless we come through Jesus Christ by the power and leading and drawing and wooing of the Holy Spirit. Now, we also know that, that the Holy Spirit goes through the whole earth, seeking and bringing and drawing to bring us in. The goodness of the Lord brings us and draws us to God, doesn't it? So there's all forms of avenues that God has functioning. And it's like the magnet bringing that, those pieces you know, into itself. God is drawing himself. But the major reason it happens is because of the cross and the resurrection, God sacrificed himself on the cross for our redemption. Okay, now, let me read just a little bit more here in the sixth verse. Those who refuse to listen to us do not belong to God. That is how we can know the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of deceit. Whoa. There's some fine folks, I'm sure, that love love the Lord on the uh, internet. They they've been on radio for years. Now they're on the internet, picking on other preachers, trying to pick the ticks and and the bumps, and looking for the you know the the bobbles and 
and they call it false doctrine heretics. And so they've got the latest up now on the internet and they're taking the big, the big names and they're picking them apart and telling you why they're false teachers or false prophets. Okay. This here tells me in a, in simple terms that no matter if you've got your doctrines and your theology a little different than the last guy, as long as you have Christ in the proper place in your life, you've got your foundation in, God will take care of the, of the building. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the scripture says you shall be saved. And Jesus said, if you believe on me, you have eternal life. So that's the foundation. Doctrine and Bible understanding for all the, you know, the structure that even changes as you grow in the Lord. Things you believed 10 years ago, you're not believing now. It's altered into a more clear revelation, isn't it? Wow. Wouldn't it be something if everybody who got their understanding of revelation wrong wouldn't go to heaven? <laughs> Come on. I didn't say that. I'm just saying, wouldn't that be something? It's not true, but wouldn't that be something? And that's how we pick at each other. If your doctrine is not like my doctrine, then you're wrong. And I, no, no, no. This is the foundation of what we're looking at here. That makes the church, the church that Christ came in the flesh. Now, let me pick up eight statements here in that sixth verse that are in the footnotes of the Passion Bible. I just thought they were so good. I wanted to read them directly to you. Let's take just a moment to do that. Number one, they must confess that Jesus, the Messiah, has come bodily in bodily form. Number two, they must not come in the they must not come in the spirit of this world. Number three, they must listen to the truth. Number four, they must demonstrate love. Number five, the spirit of truth must be in them. That's pretty good stuff, isn't it? Number six, they must remain true to the written word of God. And number seven, they must be overcomers who have the greater one living in them. These are all biblically tied into scriptures. And number eight, they must have a commitment to the body of Christ. All those things are the, 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 uh, the framework for what we talk about as the body of Christ, the family of God, and being fo formed in his image. All right, that's my Friday with you today. I Most of my ammunition is just seeds I'm planting in your sweetheart so that you can take it to the Lord, see if these things be true, pray about some of the things I give you just as, you know, appetizers, because the revelation of God's word never ends. You read a verse, come back next week and read it again. You'll hear something different. Come back the next week and read it again. It'll be an additional revelation. That's the way God operates. Oh, that's great. I've been reading this book <laughs> long time, long time. And every time I open it, I wonder, where did I miss that? I've read that 50 times, if, if once. Where did I miss it? And yet God speaks again and again because the word of the words that Christ speaks are spirit and life. So they're, a, they're living words. 
<laughs> Amen. I love you guys and gals. Thank you for your your uh, prayers and your support and your good, kind words and your comments. Thank you for all the things you do to make this this program possible by your participation. Amen. I am convinced that this next year, 2024, is going to be a roller coaster, but it's going to be a thrill ride for those who know the Lord. Because we're going to see victories and we're going to see God's hand upon us. So hold on as we push in through our Christmas season into this next year. Thank you for your prayers and your support on every level. Okay. May the Lord bless you today. We will see you Sunday night at 6. Until then, keep your eyes on Jesus.